We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Club for the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. What a week. We thought we had NAU lined up. It got thrown away. Um, and then we got some Big Sky basketball, but the crew is here. I'm joined by Brian Marceau. How are you, Brian? It's good to hear your regular opening back after uh, – Chris, I don't know if you listened to yourself after the start oh, of man. our last one. Now. I did. But, uh, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Listeners, if you don't, just listen to the first 30 seconds of our last live reaction then flip back here. If but, YouTube still does cards, we'll put one there, there. I am – but I'm doing just as good as your opening right now, man. Good, good. I'm glad everybody's feeling better than Sunday, including Alex Boatman. Big, big, big weekend for you. Well, I mean, you and I, TED, United is the team for me. All right, sorry to get that out of my system. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Manchester United fan. Manchester Derby was this Sunday. So um, after the Vandals made me drink some vodka Saturday afternoon with, with Ed Hall and watch some UFC, then I got to wake up Sunday morning and actually experience a win where we were massive underdogs. So, Chris, you know I'm happy. I know Sean Kramer is not happy that I'm happy. Um, <laughs> and Manchester is red as it always should be. Yeah, and uh, the, the Spurs took took care of Crystal Palace. So, as, Sunday as Sunday turned around for me, too. We yeah, had, see? Uh, these, your Sunday was bigger, though. I mean, anytime you could beat City. Hey, three points is three Derby. points, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's true, hey. And as long as I we, we're crouching ahead of Chelsea, I'll take it. That's all you uh, need. And joining the show, running the show from the shadows, producer Dammer. How are you, Dallas Hammer? I am fantastic, guys. Uh, you guys aren't hockey guys, but I, I love the Anaheim Ducks more than probably my wife, and she'd be the first to admit it. Uh, they have finally called up the oh, hottest life. prospect in hockey, Trevor Zegras. He's out there. He gets eight minutes a night, which is disappointing and sad. But I have hope for one of my teams, so I'm doing pretty well. Well, it's good. Uh, so this show has no outline. So if we seem like we're rambling or recruiting or like repeating or whatever, this is going to sound a lot like for you OG listeners, some of the first episodes where we just had like bullet points uh, and kind of just went off of it. So some things we want to talk about, but we will be getting into it. But before we do that, there ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. Best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator anglers, pony riders, and badass do gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Around the bar, brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Dallas Hammer did not get to join us on Sunday. Uh, so for all the Aggies fans that are still watching us and trolling me for sounding like a loud drunk guy talking to himself about drop balls in the bathroom, Dallas, what were your takes on the game? So 
I have to first preface this with I am the only member of this podcast that got his prediction right this week. Uh, that makes me correct in both my predictions in the weeklies and our preseason predictions. I predicted the Eastern win and the UC Davis loss, so I just have to pat myself on the back for that one, uh, as sad as it might be. <laughs> Uh, realistically, I don't think this game was anywhere near as close as the score. Um, honestly, the that first drive where UC Davis turned it over on downs at the four-yard line, sitting there in the Kibbe Dome, I thought to myself, oh, shit, we're in for a big one. And then Rodriguez has six incomplete passes. Uh, Beaudry didn't look spectacular. Uh, the defense couldn't stop all of those returning receivers. Yeah. This is the Idaho team I have come to expect from from Paul Petrino. Uh, get up for Eastern, pull off a huge win, and have an awful letdown the next week uh, against a, a good team. Don't get me wrong. UC Davis absolutely deserves to be in the top 25. But it just it felt like they just were flat. And I know we were missing a bunch of guys to COVID. Um, but going back and looking at the stats afterwards, I'm like, 13 carries for your two best running backs. I know we have some issues on the offensive line and three rookies were playing, but man, just what, what is this team? Uh, it's unfortunately, I think they're going to go four and two. I think they're, they're going to win their next three games because they're against the worst teams in the big sky, but this is Idaho an inconsistent team that is going to drive you nuts because they have the talent. They have pieces in place, but just not everything to get it done. Yeah, and I do want to say, though, the one thing I think Beaudry showed his legs, though. I mean, that was the one thing that was nice to see because after Eastern, it looked like he very much lacked mobility. I mean, he had that huge third down run. He had the touchdown run on the on the read, which was our whole thing. Like, why we want to read option? Nobody believes Beaudry is going to take it last week. And then sure enough, against UC Davis, he did, and he scored. Uh so, I mean, he accounts for two touchdowns as well as two turnovers, both at the ends of halves. But, yeah, I mean, he needed to play a little bit better for us to win that game. Um, I mean, any other closing takes from you two before we just – we move on to kind of what's going on with NAU and just kind of judge this season's so far through two games? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to win a football game when, you, when you're down uh, eight starters on the offensive and defensive side. Um, and – you know, Idaho fans can take solace um, in any part of the game. It's knowing that we led for most of that game against a top 25 team in the country while missing three starting offensive linemen, your starting slot receiver, your starting tight end, two starting DBs, and a starting defensive lineman. And I met, and three of those guys, two or three of those guys are captains of the team and leaders of the team. Um, and it definitely showed um, that we were missing those pieces. So um, not trying to make excuses, but, you know, I'm trying to take a positive away knowing that yeah, this Idaho team, you know, commanded most commanded most of the game while missing very, very about a third of your starters. Um, so that's that's a positive, I guess. I I'll hold mine until we get to the uh, mid, the trimester report, Chris. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was just reading. We're, we're live on Facebook, and for some reason, I don't know why it did it, but for you guys on YouTube, I don't know why it's the picture of my family when we were kids as the thumbnail. Uh, Dallas set it up, so I'm weird. That's, Anyways, I just saw like, oh, you're live, fault. and T Cash liked it, and I'm like, well, that's an odd photo to be uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thumbnail for this episode. There's a lot of confused, <laughs> confused folks. Um, but 
yeah, so, you know, we're two games in. As Dallas touched on, this is where he expected us to be. Uh, I had us at 2-0, and but I think everybody knows in my heart of hearts, I really – I listened to my heart instead of my head. I definitely – played around with the UC Davis upset, but really didn't want it to happen. So I try to think it into fruition, uh, but I'll give myself the L there, but um, trimester as a whole. And let's just go, you know, be, for people that listen to big sky, big takes, you've heard us now for four weeks, but uh, let's create the whole kind of big sky. Like what we think from them two games in. well, for most teams, two games in. Um, Cause I mean, I think some teams, specifically NAU, which we thought might be more difficult, should be easier. I mean, obviously, we'll see the factors we're in, but NAU looks like they could be a bad team this year. So, mm-hmm. Anyone? Brian's oh, still Brian. mute. Brian's muted. I'll we told you guys this would be a rough episode. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, dude we're, we're, uh, we're struggling. I'll, I'll <laughs> start with my S. Not a problem. NAU, to me, should receive the lowest grade in the conference uh, they're, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the, they're probably not the worst team. I mean, they have a win. Southern Utah doesn't have a win, and NAU does. Of course, I think the only way NAU gets wins is against Southern Utah. But first off, um, Keandre Woodty was he was pulled against Eastern Washington. So I, according have, to my sources, uh, which <laughs> is just Adam, Adam right. Schefter out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he got hurt. And they just didn't put him back in. So he should still be the starter. But from what I was told going into this week, Widener, Widner, or whatever, was still going to be the guy. So I think it might be something not like super serious, but he's not just going to bounce back. He could still be out if this NAU game gets postponed to the 20th. or Yeah, 20th. You know what? Let me just restate then. He looked awful against Eastern Washington. Uh, if you, you look at it, look at the box score from lap, from week two, Northern Arizona, we have been hearing forever about how each year, but yeah, man, they're, they're hitting the Arizona area. They're getting some big time recruits someday. If, if recruiting rankings ever matter, Northern Arizona has to, to look better. But right now we're in year two of Chris ball defensively. They look no different than the team that Mason Petrino hung 60 points on. And they don't have a top a top tier FCS quarterback to keep them competitive. They're yeah, I mean, what we saw against Eastern Washington is yeah, they're an F. That's it. Um, I like if I'm a Southern Utah fan, I'm more optimistic. I don't know if I I probably wouldn't give Southern Utah an F, but I'm much more optimistic as a Southern Utah fan or as a as an Idaho State fan, where you know Tyler Vanderwall had a rough Weaver State outing, but you can see how he could be good against a good amount of teams at conference, Justin, uh, Justin Miller at Southern Utah, he looked good uh, both games. You know, seven touchdowns, one interception. NAU, man, um, I, I think we're – after their next game, that's when we're going to hear, yeah, this is all about development, Chris. Yeah. Um, I mean, does everybody vote in Dallas? Do you vote in the Big Sky Power Rankings? I know Boatman and Brian do. Just I curious do, yes. off the top of your guys' heads, where did you guys have – NAU because mm-hmm. I think I had them. God, I can't remember now. I want to say I had them seven. I have Cal Poly last. I'm a believer in they haven't played. Mm-hmm. So how can I rate them? Cause it's a yeah. power ranking, not a true skill. In my opinion, it's who's hot right now. Cal Poly hasn't played. So I think I had NAU at seven 
but I could be. Yeah. I had them low. I think I had them below ISU, and I think maybe even Southern Utah, just because I like Southern Utah's results of losing to NAU on a walk-off touchdown, and then the next week to Idaho State on a 30-yard field goal with five seconds left. Like, yeah. at least they're competitive, and you'd have to imagine they'll sneak up on somebody. Yeah, I don't know. With I NAU mean, again. I think I, I think I had them, Chris. Um, I want to say I had them seventh, and and, and I read them ahead Southern Utah. I put, I put Idaho State fifth this week. It was a really weird back half of the week, and you know it's interesting because I, I put Idaho at a, I put Idaho fourth, and even though Idaho had beat Eastern the week before, um, and then, and so I was like, all right, well it's power ranking. I'm going to drop Idaho below because we just lost and Eastern just killed NAU. I still ranked NAU above Southern Utah because NAU has won against Southern Utah. I kind of didn't think looking at that kind of track of mind um, like what I did for Idaho. Now thinking back on it, I probably would rank NAU last. I, I, you know, Idaho State, we talked about it. They have a really tough schedule, like extremely tough. Um, this is their best chance to get a win all year. Uh, and, and I think – They've shown they've shown me a little more fight and, and passion, I think, than NAU, NAU, Southern Utah has. So that's why I put them at fifth. And we don't know what we're going to Cal Poly. And this week we do. We find, you know, I think they get a great game against Southern Utah to kind of we get a gauge where this Cal Poly team's out with Bill Baldwin. But yeah, I, I, you know, the back half of the conference to me, the top four you can rank pretty cut and dry for the most part. The bottom half you could literally put it any which way except maybe you know you could put southern utah fifth for going man like they played two t- they've only lost both two games by one under three points yeah. idaho state got killed by weber but then came back and had a tough road win nau has a win in the last second against a team who they are fighting for in position and cal poly has Bo baldwin which i mean we've just kind of given a lot of credit to um yeah it's it's a really weird bottom half of the conference I think everyone's kind of about where they should be. Uh, Idaho's, I kind of thought Idaho State's going to get a win at some point this year. Um, so Utah, I think, is a little tougher. I've played tougher games than I thought they they might. Um, and NAU is kind of – I know we talk about people being high in NAU. I still – if you know my mind, I don't know how much that defense could have really changed from uh, the 2019 season. I was pretty low on NAU for most, most of this year. Never really thought much of them because, you know, they lost that quarterback – you lose, you lose that. As we know, uh, it's teams kind of live and die by their quarterback and their front sevens on both in their fronts on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I've never been high on NAU. I think they're kind of below. I think they're my expectations, but below a lot of people's expectations. Yeah. And what's crazy is, and you kind of touched on it. Southern Utah is eight seconds away. Yeah, from two from being two and zero. Yeah, it's crazy. That's weird to think about. Yeah. Because NAU snapped with two seconds left on the walk-off touchdown, and obviously Idaho State. So if their are games where somehow eight seconds were ran differently, they could be 2-0 right now. So right. I felt like it was hard to put Southern Utah in last. Um, and yeah. my last doesn't include Cal Poly, and I think I have NAU there. I actually have – I think I have Idaho State at five. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. It doesn't really matter. Um Dallas, what were kind of your takes on last last two or three positions in the power poll? Uh, I have it listed as Idaho State 6th, NAU 7th, and Southern Utah 8th, uh, just on the fact that 
like you said, Southern Utah is eight seconds away from potentially being two and zero, but they're not throwing two. The realistically, they've lost to NAU, and we all know NAU is terrible. Um, NAU, I'm actually not as shocked by. Uh, like Kelsey had mentioned in our comments, they were coming into this with the two quarterback thing. Uh, Jeff Widener's kind of their guy for the future, the redshirt freshman. They've kind of tagged as he's going to be the guy. So let's get him some reps in a season that we're going to suck. Uh, I think, like Boltman was saying, their defense was so bad last year that wasn't going to turn around in one year. This is absolutely just a let's see what we have and try to build something for the future. And I think that's probably what happened in that Eastern game. I don't know enough about the Wooty injury, but. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to see if this redshirt freshman is going to be the guy. Uh, replacing Case Cookus is going to be tough, but you got to try to find somebody, I guess. Uh, and then I had Ohio, uh, Idaho State at sixth. Uh, I think the big sky really breaks down into there's Weber above everybody. There's Eastern, Idaho, UC Davis that are all kind of in that next tier. Cal Poly, we have no idea. And then the three teams at the bottom, Idaho State, NAU, and Southern Utah that all kind of just suck, uh, to put it harshly. Uh, I will see what Cal, Cal Poly is going to do. I think they're going to be better than those three teams just simply based on their coach. But I also will completely admit I'm a Bo Baldwin homer. I think the guy's a phenomenal coach, and I wish he was coaching the Vandals. Said that before on the pod. Uh, I think Cal Poly is going to be better than maybe they would have been without him. Uh, we still have no idea what we're going to see out of him. But that's kind of how I have it is I put Cal Poly at five. And then the other three realistically are interchangeable, but I have Idaho State, NAU, Southern Utah. So here's a question for everybody then, because I'm the one who's tallying it up this season. Uh, I was shocked how many people had us at Idaho at two last week. And I understand UC Davis getting put in front of us, but I was honestly shocked how many people took us directly from two to four and just yeah, let I us fall that. behind Eastern. I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing it, uh, but it, to me, it felt so weird. And it's like, kind of like if you look at the, so I have an issue with the top 25 right now. If you look at the people, I believe actually know what in the hell is happening around the nation. I don't uh, disagree with many of their polls, but then you look at what happens and the stats poll even slimmed down from like 130 voters to like 40 for the spring. And they still have crappy stuff. For people that follow it nationally, the fact that you and I was number three last week was just absolutely mind-boggling. But then, yeah, you look like Sam Herter had Idaho all the way up to like 13 or 14 last week. And then if you look at his poll this week, he has UC Davis at like 15, Idaho at 18, and Eastern at 19, which to me is like if you're going off strictly how it's all worked out, that makes sense to me. And once again, the power poll is not a top 25. It's not a conference prediction. It's who's hot now. So I don't have complaints there. But like going on to our top 25 vote thing, we're getting top 25 votes from Craig Haley. We're getting top 25 votes from um, Sam Herter, uh, College Sports Journal, and Jamie Williams, like guys I know follow the country. Are we still a top 25 team? Hmm. That's tough. I think top 20 is high. I will say I think the fact that I think Sam and Craig have us in their top uh, 20s is a little ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain, but uh, I, mean, I do do the top 25 recap every week now. And I will admit there are some trashier teams in the 20 to 25 mark, but 
Um, I don't if, know, I I, a, if I assume a fully healthy Vandals, I'll give us top twenty-five. I mean, I, I mean, I you know that's and that's it's tough to say. I mean, I this is where top twenty-five is becoming do more kind of become a power ranking um, because the last game that anyone saw is UC Davis where he blew a fourth quarter lead. Um, you know, we know exactly who we were missing and why it was important. Um, and football's a game of injuries, but you know, it's, it's tough to tell. I mean, that's depending on how good this team is. I, I think out of how good this team actually is, everyone healthy, I put us, I put us in the top 25. It might be like 24 and I might put UC Davis at like 22 and I should probably put, I'd probably put Eastern like at 15. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where I'd have us. I mean, it's, and I think I put this in our chat. I've never followed FCS more nationally. Just ha- a, my last season didn't really pay attention too much. And then my last year I was working at UW, I was busy in the fall spring. I've had no, nothing else to pay attention to besides like soccer and <laughs> FCS football. Um, so yeah, I think there are some trash teams <laughs> that get ranked in the top 25. Especially just, in the spring. Cause we're yeah, missing probably kinda, eight it, teams it, that would be in that realm. I, Taos and the Montanas, you know, I mean, but it's just kind of Central Arkansas. I mean, it's just kind of like it it bobs and weaves every week, every week. So like next week we go out and kill an AU. If we play next week, we can find ourselves back at 20. I mean, there's no, and I mean, and that's just kind of where I think it's kind of a, it's really hit or miss. That's my problem with the poll is. Yeah. It's like exactly what you said. We'll win next week and we'll win big. And then people will have us back at like their 16 spot. And it's like, you can't take us from not receiving votes to 16. Yeah. Like you see, we'll probably lose to Weber State this weekend and they might fall out of the top 25. Yeah. And it's like, and they lost to Weber State. Fair. And yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. And that's where I hate it. But Brian. So I'm, I'm going to shift from the top 25 talk to just like a, my Idaho takeaways. Cause like my takeaway of, are we top 25? If it's a discussion, it means that we're probably fringe top 25. That means you're a program that a lot of teams wish they had, but you're not nationally elite or something like that. I'm going to say, look, I put us at number four in the big sky power rankings because I think we're with each game, we're going to get clarity about some questions that we had about this team. I know injuries, Boatman throw a wrench into it, but we also on this show have written off when teams like Eastern Washington said they had injury issues of Look, we, we, Greg, we talk about what's on the field. That's all we, yeah. all we can go off of. I think our injuries with those players, it makes up two to three points. So at the end of the day, we probably still lost by seven yeah. to eight. So. Okay. So, which is, yeah, that's, that's essentially where I am, which is we have offensive line. I don't think as strong as we hoped. And I think we got clarity that part of our results from the secondary against Eastern were that those drops were a way bigger deal oh, yeah. than yeah. we realized. And uh, otherwise also, Eric Berrier just missed some throws that Hunter Rodriguez did not, which is how Hunter Rodriguez averaged 9.6 yards per attempt. But the other thing that I'm going to look at for Idaho too, and I'm going to say this is a, this is a surprise and it's going to look different after we play the bad teams, which is great news. Idaho's offense is worse right now, uh, statistically speaking than we were last year. And we're, we have a, our pass efficiency rating is as bad as Montana state's was last season we're at 119 they were at 118 last season and yeah it's only two games but still this is what we have to talk about we're also the lowest scoring team in the big sky conference right now at uh, 20 drawing a blank sorry at 22.5 yeah 22.5 points per game that's below where we were last year when we were at, we were one of the lower scoring offenses, 26 points a game. That was inflated by a couple points with that 60 point outing. 
against uh, Northern Arizona at the end. So maybe you call that 24, 23, whatever. But that puts us still this year when we expected to see a, a step up. We're right around where we were last year anyway. So I guess that's that. That's why I had no problem putting Idaho at, at number four is I think we're going to look way better. You know, if we played NAU last weekend, it, we would look better than we did having played UC Davis. But we're some of the the jumps I thought we were going to see this year, we're certainly not seeing through the first two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be fair, I think one of the things that sucks is, I mean, no, no excuse on, I, it just sucks. Cause like you said, every week we'll get more clarity. I think Eastern has an extremely underrated defense this year. Everyone's going off of last year uh, when they were once getting injuries, but like, I think Eastern's defense is vastly improved. I think you saw that against us and you saw it against NAU. NAU is not a bad offensive team historically. We'll see with Chris Ball, but I think it's safe to say traditionally they've been a pretty good offensive team and Eastern shut them down. We, they did a pretty good job of shutting us down. And I think UC Davis, if you look at that, they had a first team all American at corner, first team all American at linebacker. They had defensive, uh, the defensive player of the week for the big sky. So it looks like they have another guy in the defense. They have a guy up front. That's a transfer on the D line. That was big. So I think you can also say that UC Davis's defense has improved. So yeah, Idaho's offensive stats might not be quite as good as where they've been in the past, but we've also gone up against two pretty good defenses. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it should average out, you know, yeah. do I think, I mean, we're sitting at what, 22 and a half and we've probably faced out of the team's playing two of the top half of the conference's defenses this year. Yes. So far. So it should average out plus timing um, of, you know, this offense gets more reps together. Beaudry has more reps with Cottrell and, and Hatton. Um, you assume timing should should improve. And I think we did see timing improve in terms of he was more efficient throwing the ball in terms of um, accuracy numbers. Um, and, and watching this game outside of, you know, the two bad picks, the last one is garbage time. You're forcing it. He, I don't feel like he really uh, – first week he forced some balls that just were not there whatsoever. And I noticed he didn't do that as much this time. Started to feel some more timing. So yeah, so far we can go off of what we've seen, and it's just the way our schedules worked out is that we've gotten you know two of the top four teams in the conference this spring. That's just the way it happened. Um, so I think our number, our scoring numbers should kind of average out. The good news for Idaho fans, our passing defense has not been great overall. Um, you know, Eastern didn't drop a lot of those balls, and that, that, that's the way it goes. Um, it's, you know, sucks. And they're missing some guys to injury. They're two receivers. They were two better receivers. They were out, but this defense for, I mean, I'm going to go off of what we know so far. Eastern and UC Davis are also two of the better offenses in this league um, on who we have to, on who's who have to play. And our scoring defense held them to both 14 and then 28 or 27. So we're sitting around a 20 something scoring average for our defense. That's great. So passing up, we need to shore up our passing defense still, kind of same as last year, but we're still going to have enough guys to make plays um, and kind of a bend don't break attitude, hopefully. And if our we averaged, we gave up thirty one on average last year. Right now, we're, we're beating that. I think we've we've played two of the better offenses we'll see this year. So that's a, some that's a positive, I guess, so far on yeah. the on the trimester just, ranking. I think the only thing that sucks is like 
I think everything is going to get inflated because we should take care of NAU pretty handedly. We should take care of Idaho State pretty Southern handedly. Utah. And we should take care of Southern Utah pretty handedly. So we'll be coming in. I just like, you know, keep each other in check here, I guess. Like, I just see like we're going to be rolling into that week six game or week seven game and just be like, oh, well, you know, our offense is way better than it was entering week one against Eastern. And our yeah. defense has really nailed it down. And we have like, we could we could possibly have two shutouts by then, you know, and then we'll be like sitting there and be like, oh, that's right, we just other than UC Davis and Eastern, we played really no competitive teams. I think we we touched on the drop between four, like one, two, three, and four in the power rankings, and five, six, seven, eight is drastic. And I think you're Massive. about to see it with you know NAU coming into the season. I believe most people had it their five, Idaho, most people had it their four. So basically, when we play, you're going to see what most people thought at the beginning of the year was the split. I thought we were um, we were beat like three. Did we beat out UC Davis a lot? I thought we were behind. Yeah, we might have been three. Either way, we. I think you're going to see what the split is, and either yeah. we'll, we play the bottom four. You know, like that's right. everybody we have left. <laughs> so, um, I think we'll see a big discrepancy uh, in how good they are. I mean, just look at Eastern right now is not the one team, right? They're somewhere between two and three, and they absolutely annihilated NAU. So. I don't know. It, it's just going to be such a weird spring season. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, that's where I'm at with the trimester is, you know what? I think if we all were honest with ourselves, if we said we'd be one and one after week two, we'd be pretty happy because there was a shot we went 0 and two. So in a way, we're where we thought we would be. We need to, one, lock down the athletic department and get people healthy in the 2020, 2021 sense of the word um, and get ready and just buckle down, suit up and we got four weeks of you can't make any more mistakes on the field, off the field. You know, let's get this thing rolling because if we beat Eastern at the end of the year, we could probably still make the playoffs. But it's the cliche. Uh, every game's a playoff game now. Every single one. I mean, you're, you're right. Of course, these are going to balance out eventually because we will play the lower tier of the schedule. But it's – I guess this is part of what is going to differentiate how you understand Idaho right now is are we underperforming or are we overperforming? A few of us picked us at one and one heading into this, you know, this first two weeks and one and one is not a bad place to be. But I know after what we saw against UC Davis, it had me start to question a little bit of what I felt comfortable with or what I felt excited about against Eastern Washington, Uh, particularly the secondary, where we def- definitely against Eastern, our secondary looked like it had, we'd taken the jump that all of us are hoping that we would. But I guess you know, if we're, we're talking trimester grades if I was going to start to grade Idaho. Obviously, uh, defensively, our grade would still be higher, right? You know, giving up 24 points a game, like Alex said, that would have been the fourth best scoring defense in the Big Sky last season. So if you're if defensively you're going to just allow 24 points a game, you should be competitive in just about every game. By the way, that's what we've been, even with an offense that I think is not doing as well as it needs to be. We've been competitive against uh, two of the two, the other two top tier teams in the league. So, um, yeah, I'm curious what everyone else has as far as <clears throat> grading. I don't I don't know if letter grades matter in terms of like are we it it's more to me are you are we hitting expectations above expectations or below expectations? I'd say. Uh, defensively I'm ready. I would put us at, we're pretty close to what I'd say is hitting expectations. You know, we had 
great showing against Eastern and a very not great showing. UC Davis could easily have had more than 27 points based off of 6.6 yards per rush, 9.6 yards per pass. But we also don't have to, the awful teams to balance it out yet. So I'd say defensively we're hitting expectations. And offensively, I just, especially with the how the run game's gone, I think all of us thought there might be some ups and downs with Beaudry with you know the delay. But I'd, I'd say offensively, I don't think we're close to hitting the expectations a lot of us had because even against tough teams, you know, a team similar to the Mace Vitrino offense last season, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dallas. I was going to say, I, I would agree with that. If I had to give this team a letter grade, I would put it at a C. Uh, it's it's not what we hoped for. Um, I had a hot take earlier this season that I thought Mike Beaudry was going to play so well that we were all going to get really mad that Mason Petrino played quarterback for two years. And realistically, this offense is still struggling. Uh, again, like we've talked about, uh, like Boatman had mentioned, they did play two of the best defenses in the big sky. So it'll, it'll level out. It'll look a little bit better, especially when NAU comes to town or when we go to NAU whenever, whenever this game is rescheduled for. That being said, it's tough to see that the offense is not doing better. The defense is what we expected. The the front seven's fantastic. The linebackers are still probably the best in the big sky, if not the FCS. But C, it, it, this team is just, it's not an average team, but it's its not its not doing better or worse than I think really any of us kind of thought. It's, it's about right where it was, other than the offense not quite clicking yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll also give the defense, I'm giving an A. Uh, I mean, not once again, the plug on injuries or whatever, but the fact that you held UC Davis, who typically tends to be a pretty prolific offense, to 27 points with three people in the secondary out explains why there's only six incompletions. Like, UC Davis did not push the ball down the field. They were very aware that because we were so short players – we ran too much cushion. We were giving them five, seven yards off the line of scrimmage, and they just ran five-yard outs and curl routes and took what we gave them, and it worked. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, the fact that even with basically an entire second string and secondary, we were able to hold that offense to 27 points. I think the fact that we held the 2019 number one total offense, number two scoring offense to 14 points, and – Probably a Walter Payton finalist again this year. Eric Berrier just smidge over, what, 300, 400 yards, whatever it was, um, below his averages. I think you have to say so far this defense has done what you expected it is. If we can have the injuries we had out and still hold an offense like UC Davis to what we did, I'm extremely confident in this defense. Fully stocked or even with the secondary players. I think that our secondary players just show that they would be right now currently a middle-of-the-pack Big Sky defense. And these are guys that are still a couple years out from being starters. So I think, you know, you look at that defensive wise. Yeah, I would say we're an A offensive C minus. Um, I don't know how much of that is talent. I, I do not understand why we are struggling to get the run game going as much as we are. And it almost seems like a lack of trying. The fact that Beaudry had to throw the ball 40 something times in week one, the fact that our running backs had, what, 13, 16, something ridiculously low amount of carries last week. NAU tried to run the ball more in a blowout against Eastern Washington than we did in a close game with the lead against UC Davis. Like, that's bad. 
And so I would say more play calling wise, more so than talent. I think the talent's there. Hatton's proven he's an uh, extremely pleasant surprise. Our running backs, we know, have the skill all the way from, you know, Romano down to Thigpen. Like we have guys there. Our offensive line was a question mark. That doesn't change. I think Beaudry is maybe playing a little bit worse than we wanted, but I'm not going to criticize him as much as um, I think you guys have. I think all things considered, not playing in two years, he got it going week one. And honestly, I don't think his week two game was that atrocious. Uh, Both those interceptions were trying to force something at the end of the half and then down by 10 in the fourth quarter, and you have to take shots. You can't nickel and dime down the field. Um, So I'm not going to hold those two interceptions really on him as much, but I think it's just play calling as a whole, C-minus for offense. A plus or A minus for defense and then special teams. Um, I don't know. C plus. I mean, coffee looks good. Oh, punting field goal. Chris, kicking. Chris, Chris, that's a bad. I'm going to give him, you got to give him like an A. It's been a great special team. You're going to watch them all. There's, there's a, a couple different parts of special team, man. We have, I know we have, kick. Kick. we have, we have a great returns. Punt. It's rare to block a punter kick. You will go. You could look if you get one of those in 12 games. We've played two. Like, man, I'm going to say we come on, man. Like we've had good returns. And when you lose your All-American punter and then your backup still punts for 46 yards and hits the longest field goal Idaho's made in like four years, that's great. Good returns. Knicks had good returns. We lost Jermaine Jackson on the returns. So that sucks. But sorry to interrupt your power rankings. Don't we have two missed bad. field goals on the year too? Aren't we like one for three in field goals though? I think we're one and one and two. And two. One and two. So 50% is not what you want your field goal margin. We've only, we've only I get we've only had two shots. 40 plus, and they've I think most people would say 50% plus. field goal percentage is not solid. When I get we've only had two. And I'm not, it's not Prescott plus. and it's not Coffee. I'm saying as a whole, they're passing. C plus is still passing. Oh, but we have an all all big sky returner. I want to see some go into the freaking house. You know? Like, that's we had, all we I'm had, saying. We had one in the last seven years. I love you average tw- north of 25. You're beating what you should. He had he's averaging 30, I think, at least. And Delaware takes their opening kickoff of the season back. I mean, come well, on. That's rare. That's <laughs> rare. You got to be fired up on special teams. I'm going to give us a B minus. Screw the rest of you guys with your C's. You know, we've played like eight different offensive linemen. Hard to run the ball, hard to get anything going. They don't want to play together, especially when half of them have been true freshmen. They, you know, and I know Petrino had talked about first part of the year. There's a lot of guys that he hadn't seen play for us. And I feel like a lot of those guys end up being the guys in the, on, the, on the front line of the, for the offense. And uh, yeah, it's hard to just, you know, we, we see a lot of mistakes. Beaudry ran for his life. We didn't see a lot of longer developing passes on Saturday against UC Davis because he didn't have the time. For example, when we saw his game winning throw against Eastern, that's a longer developing pass, even though it doesn't seem like it is his long drag or his long crossing route to Hayden Hatton earlier in the game. Those take, those take time. Those take three, four seconds. He wasn't getting that. He's getting two at best. Um, so I'll give, I'll give overall Idaho a B minus. I still want to see us run the ball more. I've talked about that. I don't think it's been good enough. It, ha- it just hasn't. Um, I give them the benefit of the doubt for literally playing eight or nine different offensive linemen and half of them being true freshmen. Defense, our secondary, our has de- not been that great. Benef- they got lucky with all the Eastern drops. Um, State was ran the ball on us. Our guys were gassed. Uh, our defense was gassed. I don't think a lot of those numbers show how good our front seven is. I think it showed more how tired they were when the offense went three and out three consecutive drives in the second half, they were done. And I know how hard that is. Those guys are tired. They it's, you know, they've been out there for three hours and it's the third and fourth quarter. 
we weren't we weren't prepared for that. You know, our offense needs to give our, needs to help our defense out. That's how you help our defense out by giving them field position and giving them time on the bench to rest. They didn't do that. We got exposed for that. Uh, special teams, it's an A without a doubt. No, none of the C plus crap. Chris Hammond spewing. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we missed. We're one and two on field goals. Both were attempted by Logan Prescott. Both were forty five plus yards. Petrino's not attempted a 45-plus yard field goal since 2016. He's done so twice in the first two games of, of 2021. That's pretty interesting to me. Um, Nick Romano's had some good kickoff returns. Um, took a couple for 30-plus, which is always what you want to see. Haven't seen too many good punt returns. I'll give you that one, Chris. We haven't – Cottrell's did have, you know, he had that one where he almost fumbled against Eastern. Um, called a lot of fair catches. Hasn't really had a chance to get loose. Um, so I'll give you our, our punt return hasn't been great. And no one's really busted one on us on kickoff cover, mainly because Logan Prescott kicks every single one for a freaking touchback. And I alluded to that in our preseason show because we do our homework on special teams on this podcast. So everything you want in your special, special teams unit we've seen so far, except a fake punt. I was told we did have one prepared for Eastern. Didn't come up. Just didn't see the, didn't see the you know, it's not like you have, you have one fake that you just always have in the bag. It's, it's off of what each team gives you in looks. I don't know what it was. I don't know what look Eastern was giving us, but there was something that we were prepared to throw in there if we needed to. So um, we'll see if that changes. And then also before we go on, listeners, do not be surprised if the game is not next Saturday. We are unsure of when this game is going to get played. We don't know. Err on the side of caution. If I had to guess if this game does get played, if, if we see Idaho at NAU, it's going to be scheduled for April. Don't be surprised if you won't see your Vandals until Saturday, March 27th in the Dome against Southern Utah. I don't think we'll be seeing Idaho this weekend or next weekend. Um, and hopefully, I'm hoping Southern Utah because things that we keep, I keep hearing, it's not good right now. Um, I'm hoping we play again, to be honest with you guys. I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to be honest with you. From what I've been hearing from multiple different people, it's not good, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping we play again. And I'm not yeah. sure we will. So, so. The, a point that we need that I want to go over real quick, Chris, is, and this is probably the difference between, I think there's a chance um, some people on the show right now think Idaho's slightly underperformed to be one and one, as in like there's a world where we're two and zero. Oh, and I think, I mean, I guess Dallas and I probably think Idaho's actually overperformed a little bit to be at one and one instead of zero oh and two. And the thing I, that I'm hoping we get clarity on, and, and you know, the direction that gets us wins. Is you see Davis against us? Against us, they punted twice. They did not throw an interception. They did not fumble. They had one turnover on downs, and they did have a missed field goal. But that means defensively, we had three times the three times the whole game where they were driving and they were stopped because of us. Their output was 481 yards that last season. If an average game of 481 is the second best offense in the big sky, the entire conference, you know, that's a conference that had four seeded teams last year. So by, again, there's a chance the injuries matter more than we know, and we're going to, it's going to look better, but I guess that's why, like for us, I, I still think four and two is absolutely on the table. It's what I picked up. I'd have to finish. I think that's what we should finish if we get all our games in. But I guess the other part for us is after that Eastern win, it felt like maybe, Maybe that playoff spot is closer in reach than we realized. And for me, if we're going to turn a corner and truly compete for that last spot, there's some questions. There's some, there's some questions we don't have answers to yet about how that actually happens, particularly 
in light of how Davis offensively had no trouble with us the entire game. I truly have no idea how they only scored 27. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, that was Round the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the Gem State. Uh, enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons or the Selway. And you can even check out special trips like wants to see the Perside meteor shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater hike, scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs and take in history all along the river's edge, fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandalone and operated since 1976 and is ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. All right. Watching the TV. I apologize. But, you know. The game got canceled at, what, like 7 o'clock last night? So we had to scramble to even get this episode. So I did not get our tallies for the first two weeks of everything. Hold it to me. I will have them when we preview next week. Um, but we're going to go through with the Big Sky teams that are playing this week, starting with UC Davis traveling down to Ogden, Utah. Brian Marceau, who taken? This is one of the easiest picks I could possibly go with. Uh, Weber State. Although, you know, maybe Cal Poly looks a little bit frisky just because we have Davis. no tape. Davis. Oh, Davis. My, oh, sorry, man. I can't believe I butchered that. This is going to be a close game, dudes. Or close when you might <laughs> I was guess. Just saying, um, I was like, oh, I think it could be maybe interesting. <laughs> head fake for listeners. Head fake for listeners. Win, we, but uh, easy pick. Closure, we, we never multitask while recording. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Weber State. I think it's going to be closer on paper. Th- it's going to be closer than people might guess, but I think Weber's going to show there is a gap between where they are and the Idaho Eastern UC Davis class, the conference. Dammer? Yeah, I think Weber State handles them pretty easily. I think it will be close, but I don't think it'll ever really be in question. I think Weber State is the class of this conference. I honestly think Weber State might end up being the best team in the FCS by the end of the year. Uh, I think this team's for real. Butlin? All right. I ranked Weber State number one in my FCS Fans Nation top 10 this week. Um, for those, I'm keeping track of my record. I'm four and two against the spread. So I am making you money if you are following me. I'm not following myself sometimes, but if you are following me, props to you and your pocketbook. Weber State, uh, so UC Davis is catching nine and a half. Uh, they are the dogs this week in Ogden um, and over under 52 and a half. Weber's going to win. And we're talking about this game being close. I'm going to pick this ATS too. I'm I'm still picking Weber, and I think it's going to be, but it's going to be late. Like it's going to be, they're going to be up by three, and they're going to go to score a touchdown in the late in the fourth quarter, go up by ten. And I think that's and the New Davis isn't going to score again. So that's I think it's going to be close until the very end. Weber kind of pulls away and wins by two scores. Yeah, I think this game will be close at halftime, possibly even yeah. UC Davis up, uh, but I think Weber pulls away in the second half. But, yeah, I think UC Davis is actually going to prove that they're probably the second-best team in the conference uh, with the result they'll probably have this week. Um, moving on, Southern Utah versus Cal Poly, Brian Marceau. Hmm. 
Okay. This is, oh man, this is intriguing because Southern, we talked about Southern Utah. They've shown that they can be competitive with the garbage of the conference. And we don't know, is Cal Poly garbage or not? I am going to uh, take a risk and I'm going to say Southern Utah doesn't turn the corner. And I am going to make a pretty dumb pick probably and say Cal Poly based 100% off Bo Baldwin, Faith, Already talked to the big to the SUU beat reporter on Big Sky Big Takes, and there is no one who knows anything about Cal Poly Baltic Midway. Dammer. Same thing here. Nobody knows anything about Cal Poly other than they have a shiny new head coach who proved for years that he was one of the best in the FCS. So I think Southern Utah is the worst team in this conference. Uh, I think that's going to be proven even more by the end of the weekend. Cal Poly all the way. Bowman? Cal Poly is the favorite this weekend. Two and a half from the guys in the desert. Also laying the over-under at 56. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Cal Poly and the two and a half. I, I mean, Southern Utah has lost by, lost by one and then three. So they're going to lose by another score again. And it's going to be close. Um, I went over last week with them at Idaho State. Kind of regret it. I might like the under this week, I think. I don't know if Cal Poly's offense is – we're going to see there's some rust, but I, I still think Cal Poly, and I trust Bo Baldwin more than I trust Southern Utah. So, yeah, Cal Poly, two and a half. I think this one, two and a half, is fair. I think it's going to be close. I think people are giving Bo Baldwin way too much credit, not in terms of his coaching ability, but in terms of he's taking a triple option team yeah, and trying awesome. to turn them into a spread – <laughs> spread system. I don't think all the gears are good. We saw how every other team, in the, including Weber, looked with a little bit of rust on them. Cal Poly hasn't played a game yet, and they're going up against teams who have played. I think this one comes down. Um, I think the, the world is shocked. I think it's a two-point game. Uh, Southern Utah lines up for a field goal this time to win the game. Special teams play by Cal Poly. They block the kick. And Southern Utah's heart is broken in a new way this season. Last game of the week, Eastern Washington versus Idaho State. E- okay, no question, Eastern Washington, because Eastern Washington's they're doing the same thing this year they did last year, where they don't look that great against solid teams, but they beat the hell out of terrible teams. And Idaho State's going to be one of those not-that-great teams but again, it'll, I mean, Tyler Vanderbilt looks fun last week, so it'll be fun to see him, I don't know, throw a touchdown or two maybe. Yeah, Eastern Washington's going to Eastern's going to destroy Idaho State. Uh, it's I don't think this is going to be close. Mm. Well, I'm going I'm, I'm going Eastern. I'm going Eastern obviously, but it's again, I, I pick against the spread to make it tougher on myself. Ah, that's right. I like a challenge. I like a challenge. Idaho State catching 17 at home. Over under 62. I do like the over because I think Eastern might drop 50 on their own. We saw them do that against a bad NAU defense. We think we'll see them do it against a bad Idaho State defense. Very similar. This is a team that Weber State dropped 49 on. And this is the Weber State offense that was not a shall you say, massively explosive the year before. Um, granted, Jake Constantine needs to be brought this episode. That's probably why. So there is our Jake Constantine reference. Had to. Yeah. Streaks alive. 
I'm gonna take we, I'm gonna take Eastern to cover the 17. Um, wow, I'm really taking all three favorites. I'm laying the chalk this weekend. God, I'm terrible. But uh, yeah, I think Eastern sees it out. I think they win by at least 20 this weekend in Pokey. There's a lot of easy money to be made this weekend. I'm with you. Yeah. This Eastern, and if we were picking spreads, I'm taking also Eastern and the points. Like, holy smokes, man. Like, what a spread. And the Cal Poly one. Like I said, I'm kind of being playful there with the Southern Utah thing. Two and a half. I mean, if you're looking to make some money, I don't even know what the payout is. I imagine it's close. But anyway, it's not to get hung up on that because we're supposed, supposed to make this episode quick. But, yeah, obviously Eastern. Um so that's it. We're not doing hammer down because Dallas was basically a co-host this entire episode. There's nothing we corner stool took all game uh, or all pod. So it's time to close the bar. You already know how to find all of us, but we do want to shout out. Uh, I know when we did play Eastern, we were so wrapped up in everything. We forgot to shout out. Thank you to everybody that came up and like said hi to us. Um, you know, shook our hands. I got a gift that we're there and apparently we might have some other stuff on the way. So like, uh, Thank you to everybody. Uh, absolutely awesome. Um, also, it's best bar, barstool, best bar madness, or whatever the heck barstool. Terrible, Throw your terrible hashtags. branding. You expect more from them. But ha- tweet right now if you're watching this. Hashtag best bar corner to vote for the corner club. Uh, if you need any more motivation, if we get out of this pot of four, we will be facing the Mo Club in round two. So you get a little little Brown Stein, even if Montana's not playing this year. So you got to go vote. Go vote. Best. Yep, it's on the screen. Hashtag best bar corner. Hashtag best bar Mo Club. And, you know, if you want to be friendly to the kittens next door, hashtag best bar coop. But uh, something to do since we don't have a game this week. Um, so find a game to, to, we probably should have done around the country, but we weren't prepared enough for that this week. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week, maybe with a preview episode, probably not. So if you got something you want to go hunting, fishing, whatever, next weekend's probably a good weekend to do it. So, uh, that's it. It's time for the best band in all the land. Sound of Idaho to play us out. Go Vandals. Oh, and the men's and women's team for the hoop.